Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Are you excited about life? All right. Well, we're going to, we are going to continue talking about marriage, and it's so important. I mean, I, I'm excited about uh, the, the topic. I'm very excited, even though we have changed the series. The last series we did, uh, we were talking on having a biblically successful marriage. That's what we talked about. And we laid a foundation, and we think a, a real good foundation. Without that foundation, I, I don't think we can have a biblically successful marriage because we don't know what marriage is really about. And we said that marriage was really about two things. We said it's really about a revelation of God's glory. A revelation of God's glory. That's uh, the, the main thing. And we said that marriage was really a mystery. We said that also. And this time we want to talk about roles. We want to talk about mainly uh, this time we're going to talk about the roles of, of uh, we're going to begin the roles about uh, a husband. That's what we're going to talk about, the role of a husband. And, but we also talk about the roles of both people also. And singles, I want you to pay close attention to what we, are, what we are doing in this marriage series because this is something that I never did know. As a matter of fact, I'm learning some things even now. I'm learning some things. I was learning something this morning. I mean, it is really super when you... I've been married 43 years, 44 years, and um, it'll be 44 coming up in, in, uh, in, in July 25th. Uh, so, uh, it, 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 but, but you're still learning. You're still learning. That's exciting to me. And, and like I told you before, uh, it's something new to me. Even though I've been teaching on marriage, I've been reading the scripture about marriage, but it's, it's different when God gives you a revelation, isn't it? It's different. It's different because it's something that you can, you can really walk in. Before, it's, it's head knowledge, but it's not something that you can walk in and you're really just, just, just going through the motions, even though you think you're doing well. And I thought I was doing real well until God gave me the revelation. I said, oh, my goodness gracious, I have been missing this thing. So uh, this is good. So let's jump right into it. We're talking about the roles, and the title today is the... Imitating child who is a servant leader. We're going to start on the first part of that today, the imitating child. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, who is a servant leader. Both messages will be about, about the, the, husband, the husband or the husband-to-be if you're engaged or if the husband-to-be if you ever want to get married, this is something that's very important to you. For the women, it's going to be something for you also in the message because anytime you're talking about the Word of God, the Word of God is for everybody. Is that true? It's true for, it's for everybody. And also, in a, in a single female, you want to know what you should be looking for in a husband. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, let's start where we left off last week in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 
1. Let's go there and begin there. We said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. The King James said, Cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And we found out that uh, really marriage is really not about the one fleshness. It's really about verse 32. This mystery is great. And when we say this mystery is great, we're talking about in the Old Testament, uh, things were hidden, per se. They were hidden. And now they have been revealed in the New Testament. And it's revealed that, oh, I thought we were talking about the marriage between a, 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 a male and a female here. We were becoming one flesh, and we were it. This is the end. This is, this is the, the ultimate. We're finding out in the New Testament, no, 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 no. It's a mystery. The mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to what? Christ and his church. And I said that you can, you can never say that too much, that God, when he put things together, marriage is his doing, we said. Marriage is his design, we said. And it's to display his covenant love for his people. That's what, that's what it's for. And so he's telling us that Oh, marriage is really about Christ and the church. It's really not about you. We said, wow, I thought marriage was about me. And so I told you last uh, week before last that it gave me some revelation that, my goodness gracious, now I really, I have a, I have a picture I have a picture. You you remember when we I showed you the the the, the puzzle box? Well, I actually took that back, and I got another puzzle box because I said, "Well, uh, this is for ten years old, and, and my goodness gracious, and above, I get one for twelve years old and above." And so I got one for twelve years above. But it was a thousand pieces puzzle, and I'll tell you, a thousand pieces. We've been working on that thing. At least we've never been working on that thing. Uh, and we, she finally put the, put, the, put the boundaries up there and with the help of uh, a couple of ladies at the, at the um, I think it was at, at the Women's of, of Wisdom Bible Study, they, they, they found a, a part, missing part uh, of that puzzle, and she's been putting some edges together, and I sit down and I said, I throw up my hands, I said, it's too overwhelming. It's a thousand pieces here, and and they look similar. I mean, I, I can't do this thing. I just can't do this thing. I know 12 years old be, should be able to do it. I can't do this thing. I don't know what's wrong with this thing. Um, sometimes marriage is like that. Do you know that? Sometimes marriage is like that. We get overwhelmed with all the, 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 the things that God has said in his word. And I don't want you to get overwhelmed with what we're going to be talking about in, in, in the Bible when we start talking about roles. Don't get overwhelmed because... God has never told us to do something that he didn't already provide for us to, be, to get it done. I mean, he, he's already given us everything we need 
to get it done. And so today, men do not get overwhelmed. And, and women, I don't want you to start smiling and pointing fingers either, okay? Don't want you to start being doing that. I told you so. I don't want you to start doing that either, okay? We're in this thing together. Can you say that's true? We're in this thing together? We're in this thing together now. Okay. So let's, let's start off with uh, the, another example. I have another example for you. And this example, I'm going to put this thing right here for the next person that I need it. Because I might put my Bible here, I might put it there. Okay. Here's, uh, here's something else here. What is this? How do you know? How do you know it's not just a piece of glass? What's the difference between a mirror and a piece of glass? Both of them are glass, right? One, one is a reflection, right? Okay, can you see yourself? Can you see something? You can see something. Can you see yourself? Okay, you can see yourself. Okay. Now, that's what God wants us to realize is that when he says that this is a mystery, I'm really not talking about your marriage only. That's, that's shadow. That's just a beginning. Really, I'm talking about Christ and the church because when you look in this mirror, any mirror, you see whatever is in front of that mirror. Is that correct? If you're in front of that mirror, you'll see you. But the mirror reflection, the mirror's reflection is not you. Is that true? It's a reflection of you. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, we, we're tracking together now. Okay. The reflection is not you. The, the reflection is the reflection. It's the image. It's a picture of you, but it's not you. You're standing over there somewhere looking in the mirror, okay? Now, that's what God is telling us is that Christ in the church is over here, but this reflection, this image, which is not Christ in the church, but it's supposed to be reflecting the Christ in the church. Do you understand? It's a, it's a picture. It's an image of Christ in the church. And you say, well, how can that be? Because, because if Christ in the church is not standing here in front of this mirror, you can't possibly see Christ in the church. Well, spiritually and theologically, you can. Okay? Because God is saying that we are supposed to be reflecting him. Christ in the church. Okay? Think about it now. Think about it. That's what God is telling us today, is that sure, we're talking about Christ in the church, but we're also talking about a reflection of him. Let's look at it. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 7. Let's go there and see what, what we see there. Verse 7 says, 
If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it will be enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you and yet you have not come to know me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Now, now, let's think about that now. Jesus is telling Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I'm telling you, if anyone looks at your marriage, they would they're supposed to have seen Christ and the church. Come on now. If anybody looks at your marriage, they should have seen, come on, right, Christ and the church. Just like he said here, that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Because Jesus is the express likeness, he's the express image of God. Is that correct? Right, he is. And so we're supposed to be a reflection of Christ and the church as our, in our marriage. That's what we're supposed to be. Now, if we're going to be that, it takes two people to do that, the, the, the wife as well as the husband. Both of them together are supposed to reflect the Christ and the church. That's what he said here. Now, it says that, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? So we're talking about oneness, right? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does the works does his work what we should be what should we be saying that don't you believe that if you've seen the marriage between Minerva and myself that you've seen Christ in the church and I could use your names too it doesn't matter who name you use if you're married don't you believe that that if I've seen uh, the marriage between uh, you know John you and Dan don't you think we have seen Christ and the church. If you don't believe me, what I say, believe me for the works sake. And I said, well, how does that work, God? Well, a person should know that these treasures are in this earthen vessel. These earthen vessels. We are just dust. Everybody, everybody, have, none of us have arrived. Is that right? We're, we're, not, we're, we're not Jesus. There's only one person that was perfect walked the earth, that was Jesus. And we are not him. So therefore, we are not perfect. But if they actually see Christ in the church, in our marriage, they know that it's got to be the Spirit of God working in that marriage. It's got to be... Uh, 
uh, God has got to be Jesus, got to be somebody other than them. Would you agree with that? Because most people get in the flesh most of the time, don't they? Now let's look at it a little bit closer in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 18. Let's go there. And we'll see a, a little something else here that's very important. Because now we saw, saw that he was saying here, oh, if you have seen me, you have seen the, the Father. Who has seen me has seen the Father. Don't you know that he's in me and I'm in him? Listen to what it says here in verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in, in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. It says, verse 21, that they might all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. You know, we just, we just read that. We just read that when Jesus was talking. Don't you believe me because the Father's in me and I'm in him? Don't you believe me? If you've seen me, you've seen him. See, he said that, that, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be, they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. That oneness is why we should be able to reflect Christ in the church in our marriages. That oneness. That's very important. Because Christ is in us. We're in him. We, we, we are, our life is hid with Christ in God, the scripture will say. So therefore, we are supposed to, when we look, when somebody look in, 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 in our marriage, they're supposed to say, oh, Christ in the church. It seems odd, doesn't it? It seems like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, if that's ridiculous, then you might as well go back and say, that's ridiculous back here in, 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 when, when he says that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's just as ridiculous then. Do you understand? It's the same principle. Because he was in the Father, and the Father was in him. They were one. Jesus is in us. Father's in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. So therefore, when you've seen our marriage, then you've seen Christ in the church. That's what I'm trying to present to us that's going to make a big difference in our marriages. Because I've told you that marriages, marriages can't be all that if half of them fail in the church. There's no society. Something has to be wrong. And I tell you, I've been teaching and doing premarital counseling and all those type of things for, for a long time. 
And I have not, I didn't even know this. Even though I read it, I didn't know it. I really didn't know it. I had it up here. But this is, this is something that I'm telling you that will make a difference. If you really realize that my marriage is really not about us, sweetheart. It's about reflecting Christ in the church. Because our life, individual, my life, Minerva's life, is not supposed to be about us. It's really supposed to be about him, reflecting him, so that when somebody see me, they can see Christ. When somebody see Minerva, they can see Christ. When they see you, they're supposed to see Christ. And so when they see our marriage, they're supposed to be, see Christ in the church. That's the word of God. That's the revelation that God has given us about marriage. And so when you're talking about roles, we say that, oh, marriage is like a, a uh, prophetic picture. It's like a parable. It's like a image. It's like uh, a metaphor of Christ in the church. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. And I know that you, 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 you say, I've heard all this stuff, man. I don't know where you've been more. I tell you, uh, this is something elementary, Watson. This is elementary. Now, um, I just didn't know it. I just didn't know it. And so, therefore, it changed. It's changing the way I respond to Minerva. And for a guess, Minerva is my wife. It changes the way I respond to her. It changes uh, the way I do things. It changes my thinking process. It changes. It changes. Because now it's not about me. It's not about her. It's about him and his bride. That's what it's about. Now, if it is about him and his bride, about Christ and the bride, then as a male, as a husband, I'm supposed to take my cue and start looking at what is it about, what is it about Christ in the church that I need to learn because I need to learn now my role as a husband by watching how Christ responds to his church and what Christ does for his church and what Christ does in his church. What I need to be able to do that because... It's going to cause me now, when I look at him, when I look at the mirror of this word, I say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do with Minerva. This is what I'm supposed to treat Minerva. This is how I'm supposed to respond to Minerva because this is the way Christ is responding to his bride. Oh, okay. okay. Now, are we tracking together now? And let's look at that just a little bit. Imitation. That's what I'm talking about. Imitation. Imitation. I'm talking about light. I'm talking about being what he is. He says that when he was walking there, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, he says, will not walk in darkness, but will be 
have life. That was Jesus talking. Now, in John. Now, then he turns right around and says, You are the light of the world. Is that correct? So that means that as he is the light of the world, those who follow him will never walk in darkness, will, be, will have life. So if anybody see our marriage and follow our marriage, want to imitate our marriage, they're supposed to be led into what? Light. Because he says that we are light of the world. He says a city that's set on a hill or a mountain cannot be hidden. That's what he said. And that's in Matthew 5. And, and, and if it can't be hidden, he says, nor, nor does anyone light a lamp or a candle and put it under a bushel. No, put it, put it under something so nobody can see anything, but put it on a lampstand so everybody in the house can see is that correct? See the light. And glorify our Father who's in heaven. Now, that means that everybody's supposed to be to see your marriage and be, if they, if, if they would just try to imitate your marriage, they would be walking in light. They will see light. And this world is, is full of darkness, I'm going to tell you. And our marriage is supposed to be light. That's what it's supposed to be. Let's go to another place here. There's, um, I tell you, God is so good. And I'm thinking that God, this, this, my role here, I don't want it to get overwhelming, but you're, you're saying that I'm supposed to be like Jesus. Minerva's supposed to be like the church. Together, we're supposed to be like Christ and the church. That's heavy. That's heavy. With all the men say amen to that, that's heavy. That's heaven. That's heaven. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there. But I tell you, even though it's heavy, I'm getting excited about my new role. He said, it's not new. How are you going to say new in 43 years? He says new. You know? As I walk this thing, as I'm, as I'm going to endeavor to walk this thing out, it, it, it'll be some, some newness there. Hopefully, Monero will be to see something different um, because it was a lot of me. A lot of me. Um, I wanted to be a lot of Jesus. That's what I wanted to be. A lot of Jesus. 
in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. The role, my role, I said we'll get to the first part of that title, the imitating child who is a servant leader, the imitating child. Therefore, it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And that Greek word is, is what we get our English word, mimic. Mimic God as a dear child will mimic their parents when they're little. Mimic. That's my responsibility as a husband. Mimic God as a dear child, as a beloved child, because God loves us. Mimic God. So I got to look in here and start mimicking him who I'm supposed to be reflecting. Who am I supposed to be reflecting in our marriage? Christ. I have to look in here and see what I'm supposed to be reflecting because a sculpture, um, at least they tell me, I don't know, uh, but uh, a person who's doing sculpture, it, they don't, I don't think they start with a whole lot of little pieces and glue them together and make whatever they're sculpturing. I think they start with a big piece of something and start chipping off everything that don't look like it. What do you think? Yeah, they have a picture and they start chipping off everything that doesn't look like it. They're very talented in that way. Well, that's what I want to do is look in here in this great book that tells me about Jesus and I want to chip off everything that doesn't look like him. Chip it off. Chip it off. That's our call as a male who wants to get married. I hope those of you who are not married here in this room will get started on this and master a lot of it before you ever get married. Okay? You'll save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of, you know, problems. Some things you're not going to be able to do until you get married because God uses our wife to chip off what doesn't look like it, like Jesus. Honest. He does. Can all the women say amen to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be imitators. Be imitators. Be imitators. Is Christ married? Is he married? Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's go there. Verse 1. Because if he's married, all... 
gays or whatever it is, then we can, we can say, okay, we can look at how he treats his bride. I wish that you would bear with me a little longer uh, with this foolishness, but indeed you are bearing with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I betroth you, that we're betrothed, it's like I promised you, it's like you are engaged to, in, in, in our modern terminology, we don't use betroth. We use engaged to usually, engaged to be married. I betroth you to one husband. Now, who, who is he talking to? Who, who is Paul talking to? The church. So the church is betrothed to one husband. The church is engaged to be married to one husband. So that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. So we see that we are betrothed to that one husband. That one husband is Christ. And we know we're supposed to be a pure virgin when we get married. So therefore we see here that, oh, Christ is going to have a bride. One day he's going to be married. There is going to be a marriage celebration. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Who's the bride? The church, right? Church. Who's the bridegroom? Christ. So all of us, male and female, we are the church. We're the bride to be. There's going to be a marriage. Now, okay, so I can look at this. I say, okay, how does Christ treat the church? Right? Because the church is his what? His bride. How does Christ treat the church? So see, I'm looking at my role now. My role. My role. How does Christ treat the church? Does Christ holler at his church? Oh. He doesn't? Okay. Then what does that tell me? Okay. Not to holler. Get my bride. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. See, we, 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 we're learning something here now. We're learning something here. Because anything that I do that Christ is not doing for the church negatively, Anything I do, he's not doing to the church. I'm off base. Off base. Off base. And I'm not going to reflect Christ in the church. People are not going to see my marriage and see Christ in the church because I'm not reflecting Christ in the church. I'm not reflecting Christ. This is this puts a whole new thing on this thing, though. No? See, one time I thought it was about 
Well, if Minerva will be more like Christ, <laughs> then it'll make my life much easier. Huh? Let me tell you something. Woo, I'm telling you, this, this is, now, I'm telling you now, when you're betrothed, it's like, it's, it's really like you are married. Do you understand that? It's like you're married. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. It's just like that. And, and you know it to be so. Uh, let, let, just, 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 let's look at Matthew chapter 1. Um, let's go to verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ as, was as follows. When his Mother Mary had been, what's that word of that? Betrothed, right? To Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, was that, was those two, two words? Her husband. Why did, it say, why did it say her husband? They weren't married yet. But, in that culture, back then, to be betrothed, to be engaged, is just like you're married. You're not married, but it's, it's, it, you, you're headed that way. It's going to be that way. You see? So I'm, I'm telling you, when, when Paul said, I have betrothed you to one husband, Christ, as a pure virgin, it's going to happen. We are his, we are his bride. We are supposed to be preparing for a marriage. The church is supposed to be doing that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so, this is what he told me. The biggest thing, the biggest thing that you need to be doing is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Let's look at it, please. Oh, we're talking to the men today about our role. Talking about our role now. If we get this right, women, I tell you, if we get this right, if we get it right, look out. You I mean you you be you you be dancing, you be woo twirling, and oh my goodness gracious, you know. You get the tape series, sell it for five hundred dollars, you know. <laughs> Ephesians 5. Um, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. He said, get it right. If you get that right, Everything is falling in place. Husbands, love, this is not eros in Greek. It's not phileo in Greece, Greek. Uh, it's, it's not that I'm fond of chocolate. I love chocolate. I love, you know, pineapple cake. It's not that kind of love. It's not a phileo. It's not Philadelphia kind of love. 
you know, because it's the little, you know, fond of you. It's not, it's not that kind of love. It's, it's, it's two words uh, in, 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 in the concourse. It's like 25, 26. 25 is agapeo, and 26 agape is, depends upon what, 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 what syllable it is on. And it is that unconditional love that doesn't have anything to do with that reciprocal at all. It doesn't have it. Matter of fact, that this love is like when, when God says, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. What did he do? He gave his only begotten son. What did we do that would cause him to do that? Nothing. Did it have anything to do with us? What we did, what we didn't do? Nothing. It's because of his love that he did this. He didn't do what we, we wanted him to do. He did what we needed done. Is that correct? Because if he'd asked us, what do you want me to do for you, world? Oh, give us diamonds, give us uh, gold, give us... We'd ask something that we don't really need. Plenty of people, I mean, they, they make all these millions of dollars and then five, ten, twenty-five years later, they bankrupt. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son because we needed him, didn't we? We needed him. We didn't think we did, but now we can say, oh, God, thank you. We needed, we needed that. That's what love does. That's what love does. Love shows initiative. Love doesn't respond out of, a, out of a, well, she's on my case, so I'm going to do this. No. No, love doesn't do that. Love doesn't do that. This love, I'm going to tell you, is where the rubber, rubber meets the road. If we can get this right, we got it going for us. I mean, whew, we got it going for us. And let's look at Romans. Uh, I think we want to go Romans chapter 5. Let's go there. Let's look at verse 6. Start there. For while we were still perfect. Is that what it said? Okay. Oh, didn't say that. While we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love, he demonstrates his love now, toward us 
in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if I'm, if I'm got a little bit of IQ, just a little bit, I can look at this and say, oh, you're telling me, Christ, then, if I'm going to reflect you, then this type of love doesn't have anything to do with what Minerva does or what she does not do. Am I, am I right? I'm serious. Matter of fact, it works best when she's not doing what I want her to do. Isn't it? Were we, do we, uh, were we doing what he wanted us to do when he died for us? Are we still doing what he wants us to do? Sometimes, sometimes we don't. Is that correct? Am I in the right place? Okay. But yet he still intercedes on our behalf. He still, he still is there for us. He's still protecting us. He's still providing for us. He's still doing all that because he is love. Is that right? He's love. God is love. So this is, this is big stuff here. Singles can practice this, can't, can't you? You don't have to be married to practice this, do you? You're not married yet, are you? No. You can practice it, right? Can you practice? You can practice on your mama? Practice on your dad? You can practice on me? Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you. I'm, I, I guarantee you. you you're a sophomore, right? You're a sophomore? A little bit? Okay, you got sophomore. Got two more years here. Guarantee you, I'm going to give you something that you're going to dislike about me in two years. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. You'll pay the price on me. Yeah. Guarantee you. If we're around each other enough, we're going to have something that is unlovable. Something that we don't like. Guaranteed. But we can practice this kind of love because if I don't practice this kind of love outside of Minerva, it's not just, just me practicing with Minerva. I got to practice this all the time. You know, if I'm going to perfect something, you just don't do it every now and then. You got to keep doing this thing, keep doing this, and you practice all the time so you can be good at it. That's what, how, that's what love is. God says, love your enemies. Right? Right. Bless those that persecute you, right? Practice. Practice. And when you get home, practice with each other. Practice with people at work. Practice, practice, practice. That's the only way we're going to reflect Christ. If he's love, right? The only way you're going to reflect him. All this when I do marriage counseling, all this premarital counseling, all this stuff. I said, that is a... Okay, tell me one thing that you don't like about a person. There's nothing I don't like about it. Oh, man, please give me a break, you know. <laughs> you just wait till you say I do. <laughs> you just wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can practice this thing. That's what he's telling me. That's what I, I got 
this morning is that, my goodness gracious, love, love. When Minerva is at her worst, love, love. And she's very seldom, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, Minerva is, ask my daughter, ask my daughter. I don't have to have to say, ask my daughter. Ask Miss Dorsey. You, you, Miss Dorsey know, know, know Minerva a little bit, uh, better than some of you. Uh, uh, I'm the one that, that, need, that need God <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I'm the one act like a heathen, boy. <laughs> but but I'm telling you, when when I get irritated, when I get frustrated, when I when something doesn't go my way, and something that I think is wrong, it tells me that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us because He's love. God so loved the world, and the world hated him. The world didn't want that. He was dying for the one that was hung him on the cross. He was dying for the ones that was uh, uh, slapped him and spit on him. He was dying for, I mean, Christ was dying for the Pharisees. He was dying for all the world. And yet, here I am, somebody who loves me, somebody who married you, somebody who putting up with you, sharing the same bed with you, and you get an attitude. Come on. Cooking your meals. Come on. Right? My goodness gracious. Women, don't you love me? Yes, they love me now. Women love me now, boy, because <laughs> you wait till I get to you, though. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? That's what God is saying. This is the foundation of, there are other uh, Parts of our role, of course, then then love. You know, um, there are other parts to it, but I want to stop here, and we'll get some more of those those parts. Uh, but if you get this one, just this one, just this one. Oh, if you just get this one, we got. Well, I mean, we're on the way. We're on the way. We're on the way. But I tell you, next week, uh, women, make sure you get that man here. <laughs> Uh, invite your neighbors, I'm telling you, because this is stuff that rubber meets the road. I'm telling you. You have better neighbors if they hear this message. You have better neighbors, better co-workers. Invite somebody to stand. Can I have a prayer team? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.